0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Marketing Podcast. Today, I'm sitting with Elliot Freeman from Scratch Labs. This is an awesome conversation, really about how to innovate when you're a challenger brand and why it's not as big undertaking as maybe the pressure out there makes it seem. Why it doesn't have to be as grandiose. So I love this. It was a great conversation with Elliot. He brings a ton of experience in the CPG space to the conversation. So this is one, if you are in the CPG space, I think you're really, really going to like it. But before we get into it, as always, we put together this show at Cave. We're an agency based out of LA, I'm social media first agency. So if you need some help with social, head over to cavesocial.com. We'd love to help you out. All right. Sit back, relax, enjoy this episode. Uh-oh. What's shaking, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the show today. Joining me from Boulder, Colorado is Elliot Freeman. He is the head of marketing at Scratch Labs. Elliot, how you doing?
1: Great. Thanks for having me, Jordan.
0: Oh, I'm excited to have you here and, and talk all things Innovation, pressure to innovate, all of that good stuff that comes along when you're sitting in a a lead marketing role. But before we do that, I want to pass the mic to you to just talk through your experience. How did you find your way into this crazy world of marketing? Walk me through your journey and what got you to Scratch Labs. And then, yeah, let's get into it.
1: Wow. Okay. Well, I would say marketing is a great path for people who really want to balance creativity and analysis. So, you know, my creative background, I was an architect as my first career, which had a lot of great creativity to it, but the career path wasn't necessarily as appealing and, you know, as, as some people imagine it to be. So then I got into finance, which was, you know, to me, the way to really build up my business acumen. And so eventually marketing was the way to combine those two areas, right? It was the finance and analytics, but it was also the creativity, the visioning, stuff like that. So my path started on the agency side. I worked for two brand consultancies. One was called Landor Associates out in San Francisco. And another one was called Profit Brand Strategy, P-R-O-P-H-E-T, also in San Francisco. And that was great. Brand consulting was an excellent way to sort of learn the chops, but consulting can be kind of intense. It was definitely on the road, a lot of hours. So. I essentially went to business school to get an easier job, which I know is a little bit counter culture, but I felt like I paid my dues in consulting and that I wanted to find a path that was a little bit more lifestyle friendly. And to me, brand management was that path. A lot of my clients when I was consulting were brand managers and you know, they work pretty much nine to five and You know, something went wrong. It wasn't a disaster. And, you know, no one was going to die because your salad dressing wasn't delivering its number. So from there, you know, went to Kellogg for business school, which is sort of the biggest brand name in marketing. And then went from big to small for consumer packaged goods companies on the brand management side. First at Clorox, one of the big behemoths in the industry, then to Cliff Bar. Which is sort of one of the rare medium sized consumer products companies. And now at Scratch Labs, which is small, you know, it's about 10 years old and, and starting to really gain some traction. So that's kind of how I got here. It's a bit of a convoluted path, but, um, some of the kind of traditional stops along the way.
0: I, I love it. It's something I've heard too. When people, when they move to brand side, they're like, you know what? I, I can focus on one product now which is like I can focus on one objective as opposed to like here are my four clients I have to like worry about and worrying about the agency side of things and the you know how the sausage gets made on that side as well can be a lot. I think you're ahead of the time man with like hey I'm going to get like good lifestyle and be you know passion marketing. That seems to be what yeah. everyone's going for now. So kudos to you on that. That's uh, yeah, definitely that's the dream now I think for a lot of people. So, respect Absolutely. That.
1: I will say that I feel like only at this most recent stop, I feel like I'm actually doing marketing, you know, in, in brand management, you're sort of the conductor of the symphony and you're moving budgets around and developing your plan. But, you know, finally at this stage in my career, I'm actually, you know, doing things like shaping campaigns and writing copy in addition to all the other strategy and management stuff. So it's kind of interesting to me that it takes until you're at the VP level of a small company to actually be doing, you know, creative marketing again.
0: I love it. Yeah. It's like things that can come kind of full circle. So now you're at Scratch, you know, which is smaller team challenger brand really built from what I can see in like the ethos is like fueling elite athletes and for the listener it's I guess before we jump into scratch like break down for the listener what scratch labs is sure so they have we're talking to them now and they're like what what are y'all talking about but yeah give me the kind of the elevator pitch and then we'll break into some questions about that because I have a few on, on the brand
1: Yeah. I mean, you nailed it. Scratch was really started by two pro cyclists who were on the pro tour and were just watching their teammates eat, you know, a lot of packaged foods, a lot of stuff that had not the right nutrient composition for elite performance. You know, and I'm talking about these are folks who are on their bikes 20 to 30 hours a week. And for those individuals, when you Take in a lot of artificial colors or artificial flavors or things like that. It really adds up and causes gastrointestinal distress. So the whole idea of scratch is athlete food that won't put you at risk of gastrointestinal distress, right? Which again is a lot more common than I realized when you're, you know, drinking a bottle per hour for 15, 20 hours a week. So scratch is just a very, very simply formulated food that's designed for a runner or a cyclist or really any sport where you're sweating for 60 minutes or more.
0: Okay, I love it. Now, now the brand started there. Does the customer base do you kind of get the weekend warrior types as well, the like now are kind of getting in do you find that it was the speed using the athletes as the spearhead and then now kind of getting that, you know, maybe the person who cycling is much more of a hobby or the like me, I'm doing a, I'm training for a half marathon but I'm by no means like, you know, championship runner. Do you find that it's kind of like now permeated out, the customer base has grown out to, what we'll say for lack of a better term, the weekend warrior type?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, our consumer is, you know, again, someone who's riding or running three times a week, a couple hours each training session, you know, all the way up to the very elite athletes who are, you know, top 20 in the world who are competing at a high level. So, you know, it's really for anyone who, feels like they've run into a wall with how they're feeling with their sports nutrition, right? And if they're feeling discomfort or GI distress, our product is a great solution for them. But we also always say that, hey, we're trying to solve problems that exist and not solve problems that don't exist. So if you're sweating for less than 60 minutes, if you're going to a yoga class, or you're know, you playing flag football on the weekend, our product probably isn't the best option for you. And that's okay. It's kind of great marketing to a very niche audience and delivering a product that really fits with the best part of their day. You know, I mean, these are folks who, for the most part, have day jobs, right? And they get out on their bike as their treat to themselves or get out on a run um, as a treat over the weekend or or maybe midweek. And, you know, being able to support kind of their favorite part of the week is just Really great way to capture loyalty and, you know, really uh, get some nice brand affinity.
0: I love it. That's cool. I also like the brand said, hey, like, we're going to tackle these GI issues that, you know, it's not sexy to talk about, but anyone who's ran a half marathon and has drank anything, you run a 10K and you're drinking and putting down stuff, and then you're like, oh, this doesn't feel so hot when I'm going. So I love that. Now, I want to pivot the conversation a little bit away from Scratch specifically and more so to, a talk you recently did. So you did a talk recently to a bunch of CMOs, and this was on the pressure to innovate. Was it specifically within the CPG space or was it kind of CMOs from all walks?
1: It's pretty focused on the CPG space. So I'm I'm part of this CMO forum for the naturals industry, which is mostly packaged goods, which is a great little group. A bunch of us are in Boulder, but many are spread around the country. And for the most part, we're sort of small and medium-sized brands. and I think all of us who are leading a marketing team have felt the pressure to have product innovation, have a pipeline, something like that. And I think what I really encourage this group is only do innovation if you've got a really good reason for it, right? And bad reasons are, you know, my CEO thinks we need to have a pipeline or another bad reason is, you know, the core product that we started with isn't resonating, but we're too scared to fix it. But you know, there are some good reasons to innovate. One is sort of what's referred to as pantry filling, right? Where, you know, you have a, Obvious assortment of categories that your target consumers using, and you're not filling all of those categories in the portfolio, and therefore you're just kind of giving share to a competitor. So, you know, the example is MySpace is, hey, we've got energy chews, and we've got a hydration drink, and we've got an energy bar, but we don't have an energy gel, which is a, a common purchase for someone in our consumer target. So, you know, filling that gap is a good reason to innovate. Another good reason to innovate is just when you know, consumers are demanding more ways to experience your core offer, right? Like they want more flavors, they want more sizes, they want a variety pack, something like that. But I think most of us feel the pressure to identify and come up with something that uniquely meets a consumer need. And that is just really hard, you know?
0: Yeah. Instead of the, hey, you know, we've had a lot of asks, For a variety pack, okay, let's make that. That's something that we can do and put into our. You know, that can be a skew. We have a variety pack, amazing. That is innovation. Even though the pressure to innovate is largely the pressure to do something so grandiose that, like, oh, we need a bacon and ice cream flavor to make this pop. And it's like, wait a minute, let's peel this back. Remember, I was talking with this hotelier at the start of COVID, and he owned a bunch of hotels, and he said people get so caught up in innovation, this and that. He's like, innovation can be as simple as we used to have a coffee machine when you walk in and everyone could touch it and make their own coffee. He said, now we put it behind the desk and we hired someone and they serve the coffee for you and they're wearing a plastic glove. He's like, yeah. there's going to be no books written on that. But right. that innovation, I love that story because it's like, I think there's so many opportunities to do that within existing brands to be like, what's the two millimeter shift, not the two mile shift to, to innovate, Right. right?
1: Right. At Cliff Bar, we were always trying to come up with the next great bar and it was really hard. And I think there were other lower hanging fruit opportunities. You know, it turns out that Cliff Minis, you know, had a huge impact for us on the marketplace. And that was just, you know, essentially changing where the cut was on the line. So I don't know. One of the inspirations I look to for innovation is a brand like Oreo, right? Oreo has taken, you know, what is a, pretty good cookie, not an amazing cookie. And they basically figured out a way to capture that magic and put it in every aisle of the grocery store, right? I mean, there's like Oreo, you know, ice cream topping, there are, you know, candy bars, there's everything Oreo, right? And they found an idea that resonates and they just figured out how to stretch it as far as they could. And to me, that is a lot easier in terms of just consumer acceptance than You know, Oreo then saying, okay, we're going to try to come up with this completely different new type of cookie because we're cookie people and we know cookies. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Instead of exactly, oh, we're doing shortbread whatever by Oreo. No, let's just go throw some Oreos in the McFlurry and and get on with our day. Uh, Let's go for that partnership with McDonald's. Let's look at those opportunities. And for the listener... You know, I bet right now, listeners, your head is going like, oh, I'm getting way too excited about this thing. Where can I look with our core product? Can I stretch my core product? Can I add variety to the core product that already exists and package that for a consumer? What can I do to make the consumer's life easier, right? I am interested to hear, you know... How do you go about getting that feedback from the consumer or knowing like, hey, they want a variety pack? Let's just go back to that. Is that qualitative surveys? Is it just, hey, we're getting this request a lot? And I ask more so from the point of view of Scratch Labs, where when you're in a challenger brand, a small team, you can't go where the wind takes you, right? So to speak, it's like, hey, hey, we have X amount of dollars like We need to make some decisions. How do you go about that? Yeah,
1: a lot of it is listening to your consumer, whether that's through formal research or just spending time with them and kind of looking for what are the hacks that they're doing, right? If they're, you know, opening up four boxes and mixing a bunch of flavors together because on their run they like to have, you know, a variety of experiences, then it's like, okay, clearly they need a variety pack, right? Or if they're, you know, smearing peanut butter on their cliff Bar. It's like, okay, hey, how do we combine, you know, a nut butter with, you know, Cliff Bar? And, and that's how he sort of came up with Nut Butter Filled, which was a new line by Cliff. So honestly, again, unless you're going for a big swing, a big home run, it should be pretty obvious what those unmet needs are just based upon spending time with your consumers. And, you know, for a brand like Scratch, We go to a lot of races and hand out samples. So we're right there front and center with our consumer and we see how they're using the product. We hear their feedback directly. So, you know, just find ways and find opportunities to spend time with your consumer, which I realize is easier said than done.
0: Yeah. No, I I love that though, getting on the ground and actually going where the consumer is, hearing that, you know, the small data that face-to-face interaction. Oh, I like this one. Oh, that's a bit tart. Oh, whatever it is, that authentic thing you're going to hear from the customer and then take that back and go, okay, we've heard this enough times. Let's make that change. Elliot, this is awesome, man. Now, for anybody who wants to learn more about Scratch Labs or connect with you online, where should they head?
1: They can head to info at Scratch Labs and that's Scratch with the K. K. We've got a team of essentially customer experience experts, including an in-house registered dietitian who's just there to, you know, answer questions, help you with your training plan, help you with your nutrition. You know, it's amazing how many people we get who contact us who just want to chat and that's fine. We're here for you there. You know, tell us about the race you just had. Tell us about the one that you've got coming up. Tell us what you're thinking for your nutrition plan. So yeah, shoot a note to info at scratchlabs.com or if you want to call and chat, you know, numbers on our website.
0: Beautiful. And I'll put a link to the website in the show notes page so y'all can go and check out Scratch Labs. I know we got some athletes out there, so go give them a look and try out some of their products. Elliot, thank you so much for coming on today, man. I appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. Thanks, Jordan.
0: All right, everybody. That's it. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Shelton, and I'll catch you next time.